Coming up on today's federal newscast, just how much do federal employees stand to lose during this current shutdown? One agency already facing staffing shortages is taking another beating with the current government shutdown. And an unlikely suspect plays a big part in the Pentagon having trouble getting a clean audit. These stories and more in today's federal newscast. Welcome to today's episode of the Federal Newscast. I'm your host, Eric White. The 800,000 federal workers impacted by the partial government shutdown are potentially missing out on more than $2 billion in pay. At the same time, they owe almost $500 million in mortgage and rent payments. These numbers come from the Center for American Progress and Zillow, the online real estate data platform. The organizations estimated the shutdown's financial effect on furloughed and unpaid workers by reviewing personnel pay data and mortgage and rental information. A House companion joins a Senate bill designed to guarantee back pay for low-wage federal contractors. D.C. Delegate Eleanor Holmes Norton introduces a bill to retroactively pay federally contracted retail, food, custodial, and security service workers during the partial government shutdown. Democratic Congressman Don Beyer, Jerry Connolly, and Jamie Raskin co-sponsored along with newbies David Trone and Jennifer Wexton. Norton introduced similar legislation back in 2013. Government ethics experts are warning federal employees, choose your words carefully when soliciting personal donations during the government shutdown. People describing themselves as federal employees impacted by the shutdown are setting up pages on online donation sites like GoFundMe. The Office of Government Ethics has guidelines on accepting gifts as a federal employee, but OGE guidance does not mention whether federal workers can accept donations over the typical $20 limit to help make ends meet during a government shutdown. The shutdown is making one agency's staffing shortfall even worse. More now from Federal News Network's Tom Temin. The National Air Traffic Controllers Association says training programs for new controllers are delayed because of the shutdown. The union worries they might be canceled, meaning the FAA could hire fewer controllers in 2019 than the 1,400 it planned to. NATCA says the Air Traffic Control Organization still hasn't recovered staff-wise from reductions caused by sequestration in 2013. Staffing has fallen by more than 1,000. I'm Tom Temin. The House Armed Services Committee ranking member Mac Thornberry says declaring a national emergency and using military construction funds to build a border wall would do a disservice to the military since its installations and facilities are in dire straits and they need the funds provided by Congress. President Trump suggested he may go that route to get a barrier on the southern border. If the president declares a national emergency, $16.4 billion in military construction funds could be opened for the wall. Democratic senators in Maryland and Virginia are urging their colleagues not to vote on anything else until Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell brings forward legislation to reopen the government. Senators Ben Cardin, Chris Van Hollen, Tim Kaine, and Mark Warner say the first order of business should be passing bills to end the government shutdown. They write to their Democratic colleagues asking them to highlight the impacts of a government shutdown on the federal workforce. The Pentagon taps Eric Chuning as the new chief of staff to the defense secretary. The announcement comes just two days after Kevin Sweeney resigned the post. Chuning formerly served as deputy assistant secretary of defense for industrial policy and served in the Army as an intelligence officer. 
DOD's first financial audit shows outdated information technology is a major reason it's failed to get its books in order. Details from Federal News Network's Jared Serbu. The Pentagon's inspector general compiled more than 2,000 findings and recommendations from the more than 1,000 independent auditors that spent the past year scouring the military services. Of those, 46% had to do with IT systems, not financial management per se. The IG says IT weaknesses are among the most urgent challenges the department needs to solve before it can pass an audit. Jared Serbu, Federal News Network. The government publishing office has tapped a new vendor to print census forms and more for the 2020 count. The agency awarded the $114 million contract to R.R. Donnelly & Sons Company of Chicago. GPO had awarded the contract to Senveo last November, but that company declared bankruptcy. The Justice Department terminated GPO's contract with Senveo through a settlement last summer. GPO appoints a new acting inspector general. James Ives takes over after leaving NASA as assistant IG for investigations. Before that, he spent 22 years working for the Defense Department's IG office. Ives replaces Melinda Miguel, who left this week after having only started the job back in July. And one Treasury Bureau is aiming to kill the password dead. The Treasury Department's Bureau of Fiscal Service is standardizing and improving user authentication for more than 10 of the services it provides to citizens and businesses. The Bureau developed a strategy and vision to apply two-factor authentication to its services and finally kill the password dead. BFS will develop an enterprise hub or federation bridge for all of its programs to authenticate its citizens and business customers. Among the services the Fiscal Service will apply the new user authentication standards to are pay.gov and the Electronic Federal Tax Payment System. I'm Jason Miller. You can find more information about these stories at federalnewsnetwork.com. Search Federal Newscast. Subscribe to the Federal Newscast on Podcast One or Apple Podcasts. And follow us on Twitter. Our handle is at Federal Newscast. I'm Eric White.